Welcome everyone to the BXO podcast, The Exit, where we focus on growth, preparedness, and transition. Bullet list of what that specific task is. The podcast focuses on areas that are challenging for privately held and family owned businesses, where you'll hear directly from business owners, as well as some of the top advisors in the country. What are the absolute musts be done? And then look, we, we find the person that can do those. So sit back and listen to a wonderful podcast on information specific to your needs and helping you unlock the value within your business. Welcome to The Exit. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Brett Deering. I'm the founder of BXO and want to talk to you a little bit about 2021 and the planning that uh, areas and specifically some of the things that you need to be mindful of as a business owner. I'm happy to have with me today, Stephen King, who is the CEO and president of Growth Force, founded in 2004, really with the passion behind helping business owners and nonprofits. Uh, some of the services that Growth Force is well known for in the space with business owners is bookkeeping, uh, accounting services, and controlling services. One of the areas that we're really gonna focus on today is not just necessarily the services, but also the solutions, uh, which is around system and design optimization, uh, cash flow improvement, which I think a lot of business owners are struggling with going into 2021, uh, risk reduction, and then most importantly, profit enhancement. So it's not just about growing revenue, but how can you make more with the revenue that you're currently uh, you're getting from the business. And so we're gonna talk about that. So Stephen, we're really excited to have you today and welcome. Thanks, Brett, good to be here. Great to have you. I mean, listen, I, I can't tell, uh, I can't see a more timely uh, opportunity to have a discussion with you, Stephen, in regards to planning moving into 2021. Um, before we get into that, I mean, we've seen so much uh, in 2020. If you would have looked back in January, could you have even anticipated um, seeing some of the things that we've seen from a business perspective and from an economic perspective, as well as personal. I mean, let's just put that out there. I mean, could you even expect uh, that we would see this type of environment? No, and, and nobody could. Um, I mean, Bill Gates, I think, did. But other than that, uh, the, <laughs> the uh, reality, though, is, you know, I'm a CPA for 35 years, and this is my sixth recession that I've been a CPA. And there are certain things that in good times and in bad, you need to do, but you really have to do them in bad. And we really kicked that in in March when the pandemic came in and business owners started to, 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 to really get serious about, what do I do? Hmm. And, and, and our message was, well, you need to have three scenarios. What's the best case? What does that look like over the next year? your mid case and your worst case. And, and then be able to work backwards from there. That's the data that you've got to have. And, and what it, what it, you know, there's only three drivers in any business, right? If you want, we're, all, we're talking about profits, right? If you want to increase profits, you can either increase your top line, which, right. is, which is a common mistake that people make. I can right. sell my way to more profits. When in fact, if you're if you're not pricing right, you're going to compound your problems. The bigger you get, the worse your cash flow problems get. Yeah. The second is your pricing. Is your are you pricing your jobs enough to to generate a gross profit to cover your overhead and generate some profits or free cash flow? And then finally, 
are you maximizing automation and training to minimize the overhead and below the line costs? So that's the big thing that we've seen in this pandemic is getting people to look at three scenarios for those three drivers. Man, I mean, we're jumping right in because, you know, I'll tell you that in the conversations that I've been having with business owners, you know, growing top line has always been kind of the parachute pull for business owners, right? Um, but, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about, and you and I are going to dive into this discussion deeply, um, is talking about the partnering element, right? So who are companies out there that, as a business owner, you can partner with that gives you the opportunity to uh, reduce manufacturing, reduce your overhead, uh, but be able to increase your margin, right? So you're not doing anything, you're not creating more, you're partnering and allowing the partnership to be able to bring in to scale your business and bring in more revenue, but keeping your margins uh, at the same or even in some cases being able to reduce based on that partnership. And we're going to talk in detail about that today. Kind of talking about the pandemic and, and kind of transitioning, you know, when you think about a business owner who's gone through the year that they've gone through, you know, through PPP, through, you know, going through the whole process of getting the loan uh, and then going through the process of, you know, keeping the loan and keeping, you know, full-time employment and then going through the forgiveness and, you know, going through this whole process with the ebbs and flows and changes and now going into 2021 uh, with this third resurgence that we've seen. And I'll drop a couple of the economic numbers on you. You know, you know, what's the biggest fear that you have for business owners that are thinking about trying to plan moving into 2021? Well, and I see this every recession. Um, the biggest fear is fear itself. And what does yeah. that mean from a business perspective? It means that you've got a lot of businesses who are afraid that they're not going to be able to keep their people busy. They're mm -hmm. not going to be able to close that next deal. Their clients are going to start to dry up. And what they do is they start offering discounts. They start to, to, to operate from that position of fear. And they start to feel like if I give, if I, I can close this deal, if I can definitely close this deal, if I can give this 10% discount, and that'll improve my cash flow because I'll get a deposit check. Or I've got mm. people that I'm paying for and I'll keep them busy. And that'll help bring in some cash to pay for their payroll. And unless you've got a lot of excess capacity and you are not worried about anything related to your brand, um, or there's a, unless there's a strategic reason why you need that particular client, mm -hmm. you should not or issue a discount because the amount of discount that you make comes right out of your cash flow, comes right out of your pocket, out of your bank account. And what I see is, you know, there's three reasons why businesses fail. They fail because of cash flow, they fail because of cash flow, and they fail because of cash flow, right? So, right, right. so what what causes cash flow problems? It's not billing and collections is not being done right. I mean, that's mm. some of it, but it's because you're not pricing right in order to cover your overhead and generate a profit, generate some excess cash that allows you to be able to fuel the business. And when you start- I got to pause you, man. Yeah. I have to pause you on this because this is kind of like you're preaching to the choir here. I mean, so what do, you say to, what do you say to a business owner who says, okay, Stephen, that makes sense, but you know, I'm trying to keep my business afloat or I'm trying to you know, at least keep people employed so I can move through 2020 into 2021. 
And for me to be competitive, I have to discount. Well, only if you're a commodity, only if, only <laughs> if you have no differentiation, if there's no value that you offer to your customer, then you're right. You got to, you got to compete, right? If you're selling soybeans, it's whatever the market says. Hmm. But if you are delivering something of value, it's sales job to be able to uncover. It's marketing and sales job to uncover that value. To be able to, you know, I, I deal with a lot of, Growth Force does outsource bookkeeping, accounting, and controller services for project-based service businesses and nonprofits. That's our sweet spot. Yeah. You know, today we're talking about profits. So let's talk about the service businesses and the, a lot of them, we do a lot of IT companies, managed mm -hmm. service providers. And they're like, man, this is a real competitive space. There's 15 people in Houston alone that do what we do. And, and, and he, they're right, because we, we serve a lot of them. And when you look at the difference between the companies that are wildly successful, the companies that are, that are living that of dream, and those that are struggling to survive, they, the difference is one of two things. Number one, they make data-driven decisions. Now is not the time to let emotions may help drive your decision-making because emotions are running high and it's dangerous to, to just use your gut alone. I'm not suggesting you don't use your gut. That's what got you here, but data right. has to back it up. So when you're trying to make pricing decisions, you got to look at what is the, how much overhead do we have? And how much profit would we like to make? You need to calculate that per customer, per job, per billable hour, whatever you're putting on a proposal, if it's billable hours or if it's a quoting for a job, you got to get the gross profit. You understand your, your real cost. So your gross profit covers the share of overhead for that customer, for that billable mm -hmm. hour and generates a profit. Otherwise, you're going to go out of business. You're going to have cash flow problems. So when somebody comes to me and says, and I have an HVAC company that right now we're dealing with this, right? They got two and a half percent margins, net, net margins, bottom line. And they came to us because they're trying to figure out how do they get through this pandemic? And what we've said is, we've got to look at what your overhead is and either lower your overhead or your pricing has to cover the share of overhead that each job eats up. And so they came back and said, we're commodity, you know, we're HVAC, there's, a, you know, we're, there's 35 of them in the yellow pages. But what we were able to do is help them see the differentiation that they've got. They've been in business for 65 years, the third generation, you know, start to sell that the competition has lower prices because they don't have the project managers. They don't have the quality control. They don't have the, the warranties. They don't have the 24 hour service. And they're not going to be here in five years when your train filters are gone and you need service because because right now, health insurance costs are going through the roof. And if you don't oh, yeah. really understand what your true cost to deliver the services are, you can't price your jobs right. Well, I mean, that, that is such a powerful message, um, you know, and one that, you know, I, I think every business owner should at least try to uh, internalize, right? Um, you know, one of the things that we're talking about specifically to your point, which is, you know, thinking outside the box. So, I mean, you see us here and we're kind of in this video box, if you will. And the, the challenge that I'm always giving business owners is try to think outside of this. What are some of the things that you can do strategically? Um, maybe there is competition, but maybe there are companies out there that aren't competition that have access to the types of clients that you can partner up with. 
uh, to be able to have a discussion about your services as a complement to what they're doing and vice versa. And what's great about those types of strategies, again, is the fact that it gives you the ability to keep your costs low, right? You're not internalizing those costs as a ramp up. You're simply taking your services, right? If you're, if you're you know, a heating HVAC company, you're just getting more demand on the product and the services, you're not going out and increasing the, you know, the, the, the marketing uh, or any of the costs associated with that right. without actually getting those types of revenues that are that are coming along with those services and those engagements. Exactly. And I think that's that's important for business owners to kind of understand at this point. I mean, I'm going to say one thing and then I'm going to transition this this conversation into an area that I know someone like yourself and dealing with business owners is seeing all the time, which is kind of the how do you get that transparency and what should business owners be doing? Um, you know, from that perspective is just looking at where things are today and understanding that this is probably one of the most difficult times business owners have probably had to face in, you know, the last, uh, you know, 50 years. And that time is their biggest enemy now where, you know, six months or eight months ago, you could make a decision and say, you know what, I'm going to wait. Today, you don't have that choice. You don't have that leisure to be able to say, I'm going to wait. And by the way, the, the time, um, that you decide to have that conversation and make that decision is equally important. You don't have as much time to make that decision. So being educated and having that detail um, to be able to make an educated conversation is something that I think is extremely important. So my question to you then becomes, what does a business owner do? How? What are some of the things or actions that they can take uh, to gain a deeper look into kind of their business and their growth planning strategies for 2021? So again, it comes back to data. So you have to make data-driven decisions. And let's talk about what are the decisions. The first most important decision is what you just named, time. Where do you spend your time? We have a one-page company scorecard that tracks the five most important drivers of every business. And that will tell you whether you have a top-line top line problem, an above-line problem, or a below-the-line problem. Those five, mm, drivers right. are, those five drivers are gross revenue, gross profit, dollars, gross profit percent, which is the number one driver of every business. It's why the sharks on Shark Tank always say, how much do you sell it for? And what does it cost you? Fully landed. They're doing mm -hmm. a calculation of gross profit percent. They're looking at that saying, okay, you're making 60% margins. Okay, that's a good business. If I, can, if I can blow this up, we can make real money. Right. That's the third and the most important, gross profit percent. The last two are net income dollars and net income percent. And the reason why gross profit percent is so important is because gross profit creates net profit. You have to price your jobs right to cover your overhead and generate your target profit. And so this one page scorecard is designed to show your, your actual monthly results for, for the last year on a trend. So you can see what's the direction. But more importantly, it shows on the right-hand side, the trailing 12 months, a two-year trend that shows you every dot represents the total for the prior 12 months. So you can see over the last two years, do I have a top line problem? Meaning, am I growing at a satisfactory level? Because you should be growing. You should be keeping the clients you've got and adding more. Mm -hmm. Most people think they can sell their way to, pro to profits. The only way you can do that is if you figure out if you have an above the line problem. What that means is, is your gross profit trend where it needs to be? And you calculate where it needs to be by looking at your overhead costs, looking at your for gross, your net income profits, 
In fact, what I suggest is you start with your profit goals. How much money do you want to make at the end of the year? How much money should you get from all your hard work? Great. How many jobs are we going to do? We need to Mm -hmm. make, if you have a million dollars of profit is your goal and and, uh, 10,000 jobs, you need to make $1,000 per job, if I did my math right. Same thing with overhead. If you got $3,000 of overhead, you need to, your profit needs to cover $3,000 worth of overhead on every job. If you don't right. have that data, if you don't know that when you're pricing a job, you're more inclined to come in when a sales rep comes in and says, I'm in a competitive bid here. If we can just give them 10% discount, I can close this right. and we'll make it up on service. <laughs> we'll make it up on parts. We'll make it up on warrant. We're going to get referrals. That's the biggest mistake people make. And so by looking at your gross profit percentage, you can see, do I have time leakage? Time that you're paying for, that you're not getting paid for. Do you have, uh, do you have hidden costs? You know, in a service business, it's going to be project managers that are below the line, but should be above the line. You know, what's the above the line, below the line? Just so everybody knows. Above the line, well, the line is gross profit. Above the line is your revenue minus the above the line cost, which is your cost of goods sold, equals gross profit. So anything that's above the line is included in cost of goods sold. And there's only two parts of cost of goods sold. There's your direct labor, the labor Mm -hmm. the customer directly paid for, what your customers direct, if you, you do a lot of manufacturing, it's the labor of the people on the shop floor and the plant and everybody who's building that widget. In a service business, it's the billable staff it's the project managers, it's the accounting, it's the account managers, the supervisors, anybody that the customer is paying for. If you didn't have that person, you couldn't earn the income. Right. And then direct materials, the stuff you have to buy to sell the goods. Everything else is below the line. It's below gross profit. It's overhead. It's an indirect cost. You're above the line is your direct and you're below the line is your indirect. So you have to either to, to the, if you have to, do you have a top line problem, an above line problem, or do you have too much overhead for the margins that you're able to generate? So mm. a lot of people sit there and they think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to profitability by increasing sales, and then they discount. Instead, what you should be looking at is, are we really getting paid for all the costs that are above the line? And how do I automate the back office to lower my overhead, to turn my fixed cost of overhead into a variable cost? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think one of the things that business owners are starting to um, experience um, is the side effects, the cost effects, if you will, of this pandemic. Uh, And a lot of the owners that I'm speaking with that are dealing with benefits, um, in some cases, I'm hearing aggressively as high as a 40% increase in benefits from 2020 to 2021. And, you know, also, you know, some of the elements around insurance, um, you know, for somebody contracting COVID, uh, COVID uh, in, their, in their space, in their workspace. And so what is that cost of insuring yourself? And then ultimately the cost to protect, right? Those are the kind of three costs that we're seeing exponentially go up for business owners going into 2021. So to your point, having that understanding of kind of those five key areas of their business, uh, expenses are gonna change regardless, um, despite what you do next year, just based upon those three areas. And so to your point, it sounds like you have to have that nailed down now, 
uh, versus trying to figure it out midway through you know 2021 as you're starting the business and realizing that you're underwater um, because you know you haven't taken some of these cost increases into consideration. And the truth is, you know, we've we've been doing this for I've been doing this for 35 years. The truth is that once you have those above the line costs clearly defined, if your clients are happy with you, they're happy to pay you for the value that you're able to demonstrate. And so if you go to your clients and say, look, I've got, I've got, we've got to adjust our fees because our costs have gone up, health insurance, you know, the people that we've been working with, everybody, you know, gets, gets a a raise. Um, But you're, you've got some things that are out of scope, like project manager time or travel time or uh, other time leakage where, you know, just the amount of time that it takes to get on the phone with the client, to have that quality control for the client. And when you demonstrate what it really takes to deliver the value that they are they want, mm-hmm. over 85% of the time with our clients, we've found that the clients are happy to pay because people make decisions to avoid risk. They don't want to start from scratch with a new service provider. And I've got a lot of success stories to talk about companies that really struggled with cash flow problems. They had two, three, five percent profits, which means cash flow problems. Because there's there's an une- there's an unevenness to, you know, the f- cash flow in and cash flow out, and if you don't have right. enough profit, you don't have enough cash to cover it. And then a year later, to making seven, seven figures in profits just by following the five steps. Well, that's great. I mean, so so from your perspective, I mean, it sounds like you know the the you know kind of the detail itself is really the the key element, the numbers themselves, and so. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention uh, three letters that I hear probably two to three times a week, um, and you know a lot of information swirling around those three letters, which are K, P, I. Right? Uh-huh. Those are the three letters <laughs> that we I hear a lot of. <laughs> exactly. I thought you liked those three letters, um, but it's interesting because you know I, I I work with business owners and they talk about KPIs. Some you know say, well, hey, they don't work. Uh, you know, I've tried this. It never works. Uh, and then I guess the question is to you, and, you know, I'm sure you're a little bit, uh, you know, kind of, bait, you know, um, baited on this, but do they work? Um, and uh, why don't they work for some business owners? That's the second yeah. question. Yeah, the answer to your question is it depends. It depends. Are you are you measuring the right thing? And are the, is, it in a, is, it, is it timely? Is it accurate? And is it meaningful? Meaning that when you look at it, you can read it, you can understand it. Most of our clients, they don't have accounting staff, uh, accountants on staff. You know, everybody has a full charge bookkeeper, that trusted right-hand person who's hopefully been with the company for a long time, but he or she is self-taught. They don't have an accounting degree. They don't really understand. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And the CPA, and I'm a CPA, the CPA is focused on a rear view mirror. What happened last month, last quarter, last year? It's focused on compliance not reliance, focusing on helping make sure that the tax return is done, that if you got to get audited, you get through an audit, that the bank has what the bank needs. Whereas management accounting, which is what Growth Force does, management accounting is about looking forward and then using the past to help you predict the future. Hmm. So what does that mean? Where I see KPIs do not work is when people, and I I have a lot of engineering firms as clients, project-based service businesses, so I don't want to attack my brethren, because accountants and engineers both are on the left side of the brain. 
linear thinkers, logical thinkers, and we want as much data as you can possibly get. IT guys are the same way. You have a lot of data. You can tell you whatever you want to tell you. You can slide at your fingertips. You can go into the their professional service automation software and look at gross profit on a job or number of hours or what's out of school and really mounds and mounds of data. Right. They can't see the forest through the trees. They, they have no intelligence, not them mm. individually. They're often very smart people, but no, fi- <laughs> no, no, no actionable financial intelligence. Right. And what that means is less is more. You know, what I, what I suggest is, you have a one-page company scorecard that shows you the gross revenue, gross profit, net income, trended in a picture with a line so that even your non-financial managers can look and say, okay, this line is going up. That's good. This line is going right. bad. That's bad. Okay. If you got, if you got a, you know, reams of data that's available whenever you want, but nobody really knows how to cipher it and decipher it then it's absolutely meaningless. The second thing is that I often see that people create reports based on what the owner thinks they want. Okay, I would like to see, you know, sales by sales rep uh, based on how many leads we get and just, you know, unique, let's call them unique requirements. For those that aren't can't see me, I am smiling from ear to ear because I literally just had this conversation not even two hours ago, and I'm going to talk. I'm going to I'm going to actually use this conversation because I think it's timely. But I didn't mean to interrupt. But yeah, you're yeah. you're 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 definitely hitting the spot right now. That's awesome. Well, you know, I was at Ernst and Young for seven years. I was a manager of accounting system design, not too far from where you you are in New York City. I, I was up on on 47th in, in Times Square. And what I learned there, the Ernst and, Ernst and Young way, was work backwards from the decisions you're trying to make. If you're going to issue a report, and this is what I was like, a, a manager of accounting system design, right? So we designed accounting systems for Gulf and Western and MasterCard International, Becton Dickinson, giant global Fortune 100 companies. Those were my accounts. Mm-hmm. And what we had was very clear rules. It's expensive to generate a report. It yeah. costs you a lot of money to, to reconcile, to enter all that data, to reconcile that data, and then to have it sent out to managers who are paid a lot of money and have them sit there and stare at a computer screen and have no idea what to do with the data. And that's typically what happens with small businesses. The CPA sends you an income statement and a balance sheet and a statement of changes in financial position. And you look at it going, well, what the hell does this tell me? I got a balance sheet that tells me how much my receivables were two weeks ago, how much cash I had in the bank, you know, two weeks ago. Right. When what, it, it, any reports that you generate, you need to ask, what are the decisions that you're going to make from this report? And then working backwards, start with, what are the decisions you're trying to make right now to increase profits? Mm-hmm. What are the drivers of those decisions? And then that data is what needs to be in a KPI. And there are five decisions. I've studied, I'm a data junkie, right? I've been doing this for 35 years. Thousands of small businesses. Number one is where do you spend your time? Number two is, are you pricing your jobs right? A small small change in top line revenue has a profound impact on the bottom line. Number three is which clients or products that you manufacture should you fire or reprice? 
and get them to the margin that you need to cover its share of overhead and generate a profit. Number four is, how do you get more productivity from your people? How do you know when to hire and who to fire? And, and we're a partner with Insperity. And I mentioned earlier on that the companies that are wildly successful living the American dreams do two things well. Number one, they make data-driven decisions. Number two, they understand that it's people that drive profits and they invest in a human capital strategy. They understand that if I can attract and retain high performers for a really long time, I'm going to make a lot more money than a, a competitor that has high turnover and has a revolving door. And, and then yeah. number five, the last thing is, how do you measure the return on investment on your sales and marketing? How do you study what worked in the past and then use that to predict the future? If you, can, if you have reports that tell you those five things, that's all you need. Right. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taking this all in and I'm thinking about it because from a real-time perspective, you know, those are, I think, five key elements that a business owner can live by for 2021, right? Um, thinking about their product line, thinking about some of the things that, quite frankly, may not be working in their business and redeploying. There's one of the areas that I focus on, which is kind of what we call this through cycle growth mentality, right? Which is how do business owners, how have they been successfully been able to outperform in all different cycles from, you know, a downturn to a recovery, to a growth, to a stabilization. And what we found is that these individuals that were running these businesses really did two things. First and foremost, they were very, very quick to be able to redeploy capital within their business. If there were areas that weren't working, I didn't say reduce, right? So they weren't reducing, they were reappropriating capital to areas that gave them the opportunity to grow the business, right? The second thing that they were doing, and this mines exactly right into what you're saying, is they were able to take a look at their business from a, a very, uh, you know, um, uh, digital or from a, a numbers perspective and understand, make those decisions based upon trends and what they were forecasting. And then on the KPI side, what they were doing is, to your point, keeping it simple. They would have trends, right? They were making decisions based on trends, right? So there were numbers that they were looking at, but those numbers, the baseline of those numbers were based on what they were looking to do for that year, right? right. So it wasn't an empty, it wasn't an empty number. Like if you don't have a number, uh, if you, that has meaning to it and it's just there, then that's one of the things I share with business owners is that number sounds great. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, what is it tied to? Right. So to your point, this is amazing. I, I mean, this is something that I hope our business owners listen to two or three times because I feel like this is kind of the secret sauce to stepping into 2021 with a different look and view uh, and having that growth mentality to be able to be successful. So this is great. Cool. It's fun. So look. So let's 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 do this. I mean, we're kind of getting close to the to the hour, but I would really, you know, it's great to have these discussions. It's great to hear this information. But I think what a lot of times owners want to hear based on their feedback is. So tell me a story. I mean, you're, you're giving me all these wonderful, you know, kind of <laughs> points to take. And it sounds great. But, you know, how how does this work? Does it work? Have you used it? Has it worked for a business owner? Do yeah. tell. Oh, I love telling stories. Um, and we have so many. Uh, let me think. Uh, you know, uh, I'll take one that's in your neighborhood. Okay. A New York City business. Uh, it's an IT company. They, uh, they, they specialize. They have a special software that they are experts in uh, called Tag One. Right? They're in Queens. 
and it's virtual business, but the, the, the woman that kind of runs the operations is in Queens. And they came to us in Sparity Client. Uh, they handled the HR. We, they came to us because they had cash flow problems. They weren't making enough profit to, for all their hard work. And they did what you expect any business would do. And you know it's nice because they're a case study. You can't really talk about, it's hard to tell stories when you're the CPA because you have this confidential information, but this was such a good story that they gave us the approval to, to share it. Mm. She did everything you could think you would think of to help increase profitability. They they opened up new product lines. They added new software. They went into Boston. They hired new people. They opened up new markets. Mm-hmm. They added salespeople. They added mar- They spent money on marketing. They grow their company up to you know, uh, high end of seven figures. Wow. They never got that past that five percent profit, and they were killing themselves, working their butts off. That was not the American dream. What happened was we went in there and we implemented some automated job costing. We took their labor costs and we we set up time tracking. And right now, you know, it's all done on your phone, right? It's really easy. And right. integrated it with QuickBooks where we specialize in. And when they ran the Insperity payroll, Insperity has a functionality that will automatically allocate the labor costs based on how people fill out their timesheets. Mm, okay. So, so if you put you know, 10 hours into customer A, job one, then it's going to take 25% of your, your and you work 40 hours, it's going to take 25% of your fully loaded labor costs. So the payroll and the taxes, the health insurance, the 401k, the recruiting, the, the training, all those costs and allocated it to customer one, job A. And now I can see the exact profitability on every customer, on every job, on every service that you deliver, on every department, every team. And their eyes opened up. I was like, wow. Their biggest account was a massive Fortune 50 technology company that they were providing services to. They were proud of them. It's on their website. And that client was 40% of their revenue was not, not only was it not generating a profit, it wasn't covering its share of the overhead. Wow. And so we went to them and said, Okay, in order to increase profits, we had to first change the chart of accounts so all the above the line costs were captured. Then we had to look at the profitability by customer by job and look at the bottom 15% of the customers and see this starting with the worst client, giant technology company, and show them what was missing in the pricing model. Show them Mm. the value that they were giving to this client that they weren't getting paid for, the time leakage, time they were paying for it, but not getting paid for. And then it took us six months of convincing to say, you need to go to them. And, you have, and what we suggest is you do, you give clients three options. And if you do that, you're more likely to keep your client, you keep, keep them as a client. Option one is you show them what it really costs to serve them and what, the, what you need to charge them in order to keep them at that scope. Option two is you give them a list of all the things that you're currently doing and you say, okay, we can only afford, you can only, if you want to stay in the same budget, then you need to pick and choose 80% of that because you're 20% over budget. So you give them an option. What do you want to take back in house or what should we take out of scope? Let's get rid of travel. We'll do everything remotely. Okay. Project management. You want to do the project management instead of us doing the project management. And this way you can stay in budget. 
or I need to transition you to another service provider. Got it. And what they said was, this is 40% of our business. I mean, this will kill us. What right. if they say no? And what we said was, the problem is if, what if you say no and you don't have this difficult conversation, you're never going to be able to cover your overhead and generate mm. a profit. After six months, they did it. And the client said, well, of course, you guys are great and we need this. So yeah, we'll pay for the, for the project manager. And yeah, if we can lower some of the travel time, we'd rather not do travel. And what they got was their, their target profit margin, which all went right to the bottom line. Every right. dollar of the increase went right into their bank account. And they were so excited about it. They went back to every one of their clients and 100% of their clients agreed to the new fees. Why? Because they were able to show them the above the line costs. Here's the amount of time that it's taking. Here's what you're not paying for. And get, they gave them an option. If you want to stay in budget, here are the things we can take off the list. They mm -hmm. made $1.5 million at the end of last year. I haven't seen this year's numbers, but 1.5 million. And that's all because they had data to make decisions. Wow, that's a great that's a great uh, you know um, example. Um, I, I will I'll go back to kind of the before that example um, and talk a little bit about not talk about but just stress that you know I, I I'm an old computer science major minor finance and so I have a little bit of that engineering in me but I I, I can let go of the numbers a lot quicker. But what I will tell people is you know garbage in garbage out you know and. You know, a lot of times when I'm dealing with business owners and they're trying to set up these these KPIs or these dashboards, a lot of times the data that they have is not reconciled. Um, and, and so you're getting bad data that's flowing through to these dashboards and really not being helpful. And so, you know, my my kind of conversation and or my ask for our listeners today is to say, hey, listen, if you haven't had some outside uh, company come in, especially if you don't have a CFO. Um, you may have a controller, you may have somebody who was doing the financials that uh, moved into the controller role, which is great. You know, they, you're, they're growing with the business, but it's always good to have somebody come in and start to think about strategies around system design. Is your system optimized to be able to get the type of data that you need to make educated decisions? Um, can you get some type of cash flow improvement, uh, you know, from the, the information that you're gathering? Uh, is there a way for you to squeeze more profitability? Uh, into your business based on what you're doing. And so if you're not doing these types of things or you're not having these kind of conversations on a regular basis uh, with your team, I would say, you know, and I would ask that, you know, as a part of your 2021 to reach out, uh, you know, to Stephen King and, and to Growth Force and have a, a discussion with them in regards to how you start to incorporate these key elements into your business planning. Because I, I can feel and sense that this year, for business owners that those that made it through the pandemic and have kind of come out, are coming out on the other side, it may be a little while. Um, this is probably going to be one of the most important conversations that you're going to be having in 2021. So you might as well have it on the right step and get out the gates right uh, and speak with someone like Stephen, because I do believe that there is real value in having somebody that understands the numbers, who's a numbers whisperer uh, like Stephen to be able to help you make those kind of decisions. So with that being said, I know that we've gotten past our time, but this has been a really uh, intriguing conversation. 
Stephen, for those that want to contact you, for those that want to reach out, how do they go about getting a hold of you? So uh, email is the best. It's Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at growthforce.com. Or our website is www.growthforce.com. That's G-R-O-W-T-H, force.com. I'm also on LinkedIn at Stephen King CPA. Um, I think the most value that we can offer to your listeners, Brett, is we have a brand, we just launched it today, actually, a five steps to get stronger in a recession webinar. And I walked walked through step-by-step, what do you need to do in order to be able to come out of this stronger? Because that's what I've seen over six recessions. The smart companies use this time to sharpen the saw. No, that's great. So for our listeners, please go to the Growth Force website, register uh, for this webinar, get the five steps under your belt, and then immediately uh, you know, set up some time with Stephen and team. I think it'll be a good use of your time. Stephen, we appreciate all of your insights. We appreciate you taking the time uh, to speak with all of us. Uh, again, this is Brett Deering, founder of BXO, uh, Business Owners Exchange. And until next time, stay safe. And have a happy holidays, everyone. We'll talk soon.